Welcome everyone to a new episode of the podcast Self-Evolution Regardless. So, um, in this episode, there's going to be a whole lot to go ahead and uh, get back to as part of the consistent amounts of flashbacks that I keep having. And one of which is I'd like to talk about or highlight... One of the things that I mentioned in the episode, uh, when celebrations feel fake, and that is that at the time, my uh, golden child and flying monkey sisters, uh, when they came over, when they visited after uh, a while because they live abroad, um, there was like the unity that they had even though um me being the youngest and also the scapegoat because of what i did um and how i always disagreed um me and my flying monkey sister have the same sign by the way we're both pisces and the golden child is sagittarius and so even though we're supposed to be like the same like signs you know like we're highly equal normally right but no things never work out worked out that way and it always seemed like my sister would get the benefit of the doubt and i would be left out and it's usually like that um and so okay so basically i interpreted a few pictures and it didn't record my voice (laughs) Which is gonna annoy me so much right now. So I have this one, which shows that my golden child sister and mom are enjoying themselves. Okay. Um. Okay. So there's one I'd like to specifically concentrate on this is a selfie of my brother mother me and my golden child sister in this picture i am the only one raising my hands in the symbol of hunger games you know the movie the trilogy of hunger games in this picture everyone is smiling except me because my face isn't even in the in the picture okay um, there is this one. I'm leaning towards, leaning on my father's shoulder, and he's not even, uh, consider, considering compassionate body language. He's just distant in his body language and cold and only looking at the camera with a serious look on his face. And I was smiling and also my golden ch- child sister is also smiling. Um, there is this one, which again, also explains what the fuck's going on, so. In this picture, I am on the far left, and everyone is on my left in the picture, okay? So, my... Narcissistic father and mother 
mother have my golden child sister between them and my mom is leaning towards my golden child sister and my father is also uh, considering her I'm leaning towards my mom and she's not even, like, she's giving me her back at this point. And there's also another one I'd like to discuss. This one. In this picture, this one was taken by my golden child sister. So this one has my father walking from a building behind in the background, coming to the camera, and then Close, a little bit closer, but on the far right, I have me, my mother, and my brother. And in this picture, strangely enough, I'm talking to my brother and completely looking at him with my whole entire body and face. And even though he's pointing at me with his body, he's looking away from me to the camera and my mother isn't even smiling. She's biting her lips. And at this point, I don't even know if it's a spontaneous picture because at least there should be a signal like, hey, we're taking a picture, like smile everyone. But I think at this point, nobody really was aware that there was a picture that's about to be taken. So I guess maybe that's why it's taken this way. It's weird, I mean, it shouldn't be like this, but it is. Um, this one, okay. In this picture, I'm the one taking the picture in the camera and everyone is smiling. Since I'm not included, Everyone is smiling. Okay. Um, so. And just like we I mentioned earlier about the picture where um, my golden child sister was between my father and mother. And smiling, all of them. This one, I'm smiling, and I'm uh, standing between my mother and father, but my mom isn't sure if she's going to want to smile or not. She's having either a smirk or a hesitant smile on her face, but my dad is really distant and cold in his body language, and he's not even uh, considering me leaning on his shoulder. He's looking away and, I mean, to the camera, but he's not considering me, so. Neither of them is smiling, even though I am. Um, there is also... I don't know if this one is obvious or not. But photography shows so much. 
Okay, so this one is weird. I don't know how to explain it or what it means exactly, but I'm going to describe it. So, this picture was taken by my narcissistic father and me, my golden child sister, my mother and brother are the ones in the picture. What we have here is that my mom is between my brother and my golden child sister and I'm on the far right this time of the picture, okay? Again, I'm always on the far right. I'm rarely uh, in the middle in pictures. Uh, so, the positioning. Okay, uh, my feet are pointing towards everyone beside me, but everyone else's feet are pointing towards the camera. Even though my golden child sister's feet are crossed, I'm sorry, uh, there still feels like maybe, uh, sorry, hesitation about whether to point the, her feet towards mine or towards my mother and brother or towards the camera, so I don't know. Um... So it's always the same pattern. I'm usually on the far right so that they can smile. And this is what's going on. And these are only some of the pictures that I can talk about that we have. I don't know. I don't I don't have all of them right now, but it's the pattern is repeating itself there. Like there is a strategic specific positioning of everyone even though sometimes you can tell that the pictures are taken spontaneously but still there's just something so intriguing about them not to mention also the fact that um there is a very unreasonable way as to why these pictures are taken in those specific ways and speaking of photographs, a lot of my childhood photographs are of me uh, crying. And uh, regardless of whether I was crying or not, or uh, being in a neutral position or even smiling, I was taking a picture uh, of. So, um, one particular picture of my childhood was I was my, my three siblings are sitting on a couch and uh, I was crying coming to the camera my flying monkey sister is looking at the camera smiling and the other two are pretending they were watching TV and they didn't even care I don't know if that's out of carelessness or lack of empathy or because they did something to me which they didn't want to uh, reveal or that they didn't know why I was crying and they just kept watching I don't know but so many just intriguing you know just this whole thing is just so intriguing so many pictures of uh, distant family weddings where the family members the distant family members would also take uh, pictures with the uh, 
newly wedded couple, um, I would be at the very extreme far left or far right, um, and right before the picture, usually I would hear or listen something offensive or that's hurtful coming from my narcissistic mother's mouth. And then I had to force a smile on my face to pretend that everything's okay and nothing happened beforehand. Um, I have one very, very particular picture that I cannot stop smiling whenever I look at it. Is the one uh, that was taken in my sixth grade of the primary uh, school. And I was smiling so well, so beautifully, so gorgeously. And that was way before I got braces. And even though it was, I had the overbite, I still looked amazing in that picture because my smile was so deep and so authentic and so honest. It came from the depths of my heart because I was working hard and so happy that year because I got really good grades and I was really happy with myself and my confidence was way up. And that smile also reflected that in the picture and just looked radiant, radiant. And I just cannot stop being happy whenever I look at that picture. I, I'm, I'm really honest in that. I'm being honest. Um, and again, it's, it's, something must happen before, right before taking that picture. Um, right where, right before things would be quote unquote okay and fine and nothing wrong happened, had happened. Um, there always must be something that's painful or pissing off or just so irritating. Um, that day of the New Year's Eve, which happened like December of 2020, um, again, it was... I was irritated the whole day. I was pissed off because always, 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 my narcissistic, my my um, flying monkey and golden child sisters are always united together and each other in the schemes and in the plans. And also, by the way, looking at the albums of my childhood, um, my flying monkey uh, sister and golden child sister also, they had so many pictures where they were looking at the side like they were planning for something like they were looking for the next move you know what to do next you know there's there was that look on their face and luckily it was captured like luckily it was uh in the picture recorded so there's this i don't know there's something about pictures that's uh intriguing and really worth uh considering and worth looking at to also uh, not self uh, second guess oneself and to not gaslight oneself and to look at the subtle hints that are in the pictures that uh, reveal body language um, of how abusive people work and how subtle everything must be. But also so obvious and really in plain sight um, for everyone to see, or if you have the album, you are the owner of the album, you can see what, what's really hiding behind the very thinly transparent curtain that also shows what's behind the, uh, the mask. Um, 
the positioning, the way that people are seated, the way that I am always either on the far right or far left, rarely ever in the middle, um, either looking sad as shit or bad as shit or faking a smile or uh, forcing a smile on my face. It, it just, they weren't good moments where I was taking a picture. The only one as, was, like I said, uh, there when I was smiling, holding a cup uh, by my side and saying it's the sixth grade. And then I was smiling um, like as authentically as I could. And that smile was really radiant. And my whole face was glowing. I was just... At that time, I was also feeling happy. And now that I'm looking at it like 14 years later or more, it's just... It strengths me, um, keeps me uh, stronger and always hopeful for that smiley, loving me to come back smiling victoriously one day. Because um, honestly, right now I'm feeling extremely defeated and put down and... Ever since that year, a lot of drama happened, a lot of problems happened, and shit would hit the fan with the family, and around the house, it was chaotic, it was messy, it was abusive, it was toxic, it was unbreathable. That was the best year I had in my life. The sixth, year, the sixth grade was the best year, because I did my best, I was happy, I was doing my best, I just... I couldn't care. I I couldn't care less of the world. You know, I I did my best. I was happy. My teachers loved me so much. I was a very bright student. Um, I was good with my friends, even though a lot of my classmates before used to envy me because I had this wonderful set of grades. But anyway, um, I, at least you know I had uh, I I had a good sense of pride, a good sense of self confidence. And, um, most of all, even if I wasn't really good friends with my classmates at the time, I appreciate the fact that I had a good relationship with my teachers that even now when I'm, when I see them, I re remember them instantly and I hug them because they're so precious to me and, um, they taught me so much as their student, as their ex-student, um, one of their brightest uh, students. But then afterwards, in the middle school, afterwards in high school and college, shit was spiraling way, way, way downwards. And a lot of drama kept happening. My narcissistic mother never stopped demanding for attention. And drama, being a drama queen, uh, the, uh, the, the chaos... Uh, the events of my siblings already getting married and already moving abroad all at the same time, all three of them, so close to each other, uh, you know, like, in the date-wise. Um, and so that was a huge traumatizing event for my mom. And it was really painful for me to also have to deal with that. Um... And it just caused so much, so much drama, so much chaos. Um, and I just couldn't do any better afterwards. Um, 
it was because of the abuse at home and because of the put-downs and the constant remarks and constant condescending comments ccc <laughs> um the uh, the stairs the the overall the overall atmosphere of the abuse was terrible and i had to deal with that um as part of my uh daily life challenge daily life challenge and it was something that i had to uh go through every day um especially after my siblings went away it was just me and when my parents got older shit got worse and uh they were more difficult more challenging with me because i was the most rebellious one and the most difficult one they had to handle they made me well i felt i felt like i was the most difficult untreatable undealable un disrespectful rebellious kid there is the most savage the most impolite um laziest um unfriendly person you can meet and that's because of how uh their comments and their judgmental comments and advice which weren't even advice um um were so hurtful and the d- d- diminishing de- de- uh what is it what is it what is it um devaluing no there's another word demoralizing yeah demoralizing and condescending i just felt miserable really and i never really figured out that that was the real reason why i wasn't so good at my studies anymore even when i applied to study at german uh universities it was just a you know um a desire to study at germany at the time um my siblings would never tell me uh would never even dare to mention that there's that there was chaos and that, that there were a lot of problems that uh inhibited me from working hard and concentrating on my studies well and they always told me to be positive no matter what and to show that you're really interested in your studies and all you want to do is be interested in studies and um like you have no no reason why you should but you in any way shape or form you have to say something like you, why okay so there's a a question you have to answer which is why did you get bad grades and they could possibly ask it if it's not in the personal statement that you can declare and say openly you're going to have to be met with that question they're going to have to ask that question you're going to have to find out why you didn't get good grades because it seems like things are feasible and this is possible getting good grades isn't really bad especially because even at college i still had amazing relationships with my professors at the time and i still do um but um professionally speaking of course but still there has to be a reason that explains why you had good gra- you had bad grades because you know you want to study at a strong university you're going to have to be honest and talk about what hap- what happened um still 
I was gaslighted and I was told it was me. I was told it was me. I was lazy. I wasn't performing. I wasn't working hard. I wasn't doing enough. Um, and try not to talk about that because it's going to be, it's not going to be a good, uh, face of the personal statement to put on. Like, it's not going to be something that the jury or the, uh, you know, the teachers are reading the personal statements to admit students into their universities. Um, they wouldn't consider it as something to hire a student in their, in, in their university. Which actually isn't even true because I had an example, a true, a real life example where I knew someone who already was repeating a year, the year that I was studying, and he had worse grades than mine. And he applied to French universities, and when he told, uh, talked about what went on with him, uh, he was explicit and, and honest and open, and he said everything there is, um, the reasons why he had bad grades, why he wouldn't, he, he wasn't gonna get any good grades at the time, what, what kind of problems happened, you know, just to, just to be honest and to be open, and because, you know, you can't lie to professional, uh, people like that, you know, it's not really, um, professional to do. Um, so part of, part of being uh, hired or admitted as a, as a prospective student in a strong university abroad is to is to be honest and open up about stuff that happened with you. Uh, one of which is why you didn't have as good grades as you'd hoped for, and everyone was hoping for good grades, including me. But look at the shit that happened. It, it didn't allow me to get good grades. Um, and so he was admitted afterwards. He was. He, he was interviewed and they loved his passion and they loved his ambition and the way he was really optimistic and genuinely really like wanting to study at that university so badly. Like that is proof right there and they didn't hesitate and they didn't think twice about it and he was admitted uh, really soon afterwards actually. When I told this to my family, I was gaslighted, I was kept I was told no that's not true how could you do that that's not possible how could you explain it what kind of reasons are you going to give that you had bad grades etc etc and it's just um it never worked out you know explaining to them wasn't possible at all everything every time I tried every every single way I thought about and tried with them it's just impossible to even reason with these people they're all conspiring against you. They're always planning against you. They're always scheming for something that's going to keep you down low because they like to they like to observe you from a higher tower and you're on the very lowest level and they like to look at you like that and see you suffer and never see you grow because that is their narcissistic supply. And so back to the main topic of this episode, the fact that you see how subtle those hints are in the body language and the way that things happen and even spontaneous pictures how they reveal some really hidden stuff hidden clues clues of narcissistic abuse you can see that uh stuff isn't plain sight and you can't deny it and it's there okay and it's up it's up to the selfish bastard uh 
narcissistic person to gaslight you however long it's going to take them to gaslight you. But the most important thing is that there is evidence and there are facts and nothing is left behind unnoticed. Even if they're hidden for decades, there's going to be a day where secrets are no, are no longer hidden and things are going to be revealed and uh, war is going to happen. And uh, that's basically... Even, even, even words that don't normally leave traces behind that also attack you, attack your core and uh, hack your brain and hack your life for the rest of your life, basically, and haunt you for the rest of your life, um, they still leave evidence and they still leave something behind to observe and to look at. Um, even sometimes just by curiosity, you know, you can just look at stuff that's going on and just make your own assumptions, make your own conclusions about it, make your own interpretations. You know, nothing is wrong or right. You're just, you're just making your own um, explanations to yourself. And that is serving the purpose of you trying so hard to not second-guess yourself or gaslight yourself, especially when times are peaceful and when things are going on so well and nothing wrong is going on, which is usually hiding something bad that's going to happen afterwards. And by the way, uh, something I'd like to talk about in relation in relation to pictures, because usually we see our dreams in the form of pictures. Um, usually the kind of nightmares I get would be related to vomiting. Constant vomit, which means that you you really wanna need you really wanna get something rid out of your system or you have a lot of stuff that's that's uh, cluttering and you need to get rid of it um, or someone that's been bothering you and you really want to discard them because uh, they've been hurting you so much and avoiding them would be a good solution to live peacefully. Um, also uh, blood, uh, also blood which means uh, it, it it can be it, it can mean positive and negative uh, things sometimes it depends on the context of the dream and so those pictures like um, uh, walking around naked in the streets means that you're embarrassed of yourself that you're, that you're ashamed of your body that you're ex that you're feeling exposed losing your teeth uh, which means I think you're afraid of the future um falling those those common nightmares um and each nightmare is a sub is your subconscious mind trying to to tell you uh that you really have something you need to do or you have something you really need to get rid of or avoid as soon as you can um and you, if you haven't for a while, it's going to repeat it to you just as a warning sign, you know, be careful with this, you know, be careful with that, um, avoid this person, don't do this thing anymore. Um, I think good or bad dreams uh, are important in our lives and um, they always have a message to deliver. And so I don't really think it's uh, superstitious to look for meanings of dreams. I think it's extremely important to look for what the subconscious mind is sending us as messages and what it wants to, to tell us, basically. Um, 
because it wants I think most likely it wants the best uh, for us so yeah so there it is um, the relationship of photographs with uh, a narcissistic abuse and basically the relationship is that it is evidence it is facts it is uh, showing what's supposedly hidden and not so exposed quote-unquote exposed um, because it's there it's right there it's it's in plain sight you can see it it's uh, subtle but it's there and it's obvious and you can see it um, so all right uh, that's it for this episode I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed recording it and as much as I enjoyed explaining what's going on and how I uh, just by curiosity I looked over uh, the pictures that I had and yeah uh, please don't forget to check out the links I'll be posting in the show notes as well as if you'd like to see this podcast successful and thriving uh, don't hesitate to support it you know just even the smallest amount will be very much appreciated and uh, that's it I'll see you in the next one.